On this week's episode of the We've Seen That Podcast, we watched Pig. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. Cut the music. We are back. And if this is a little different tone than you're used to, it's because it is. Um, Scott has officially failed after one week, his New Year's resolution. (laughs) Jim, (laughs) your thoughts? I mean, we are surprised. I. He's a busy dude. I get that. But a single week. Yeah, that's just, it's almost like two. He was just unhappy because we weren't watching an awful movie like Moneyball. That's true. This probably wasn't up his alley, so he just wanted to bail. Um, That's okay, Scott. We still love you. I do have an official statement that we are supposed to read from the man himself. (laughs) And I quote, I apologize to my friends. I apologize to my family. But most importantly, I apologize to the fans I let down. I let myself down. I let all you down. I will be back. I will be better. God bless. You notice he didn't apologize to his co-hosts. I did. I did notice that. I read this <laughs> once before just now. Um, yeah, I didn't see any Jim or Anthony, but that's okay. He has said in the past that he has full faith in us. Uh, we've done this plenty of times without him, so not that we like to. We miss you, Scott, but we got But this. the show must go on, right? It must go on. Um. With that said, uh, that kind of runs through Scott's little update on his resolution. I ain't got much. It's only been about, we're five days into January. I've hit the gym on schedule each time, so that's good. I like it. And I definitely did eat a six-pack and a pound from (laughs) from fucking Taco John's on Sunday during football. (laughs) So that's not going so well. But... Other than that, it's okay. You got half of it down. That's yeah. what's important, right? Take right. the little victories. That's right. I, however, am a worthless failure. I am not on pace to beat my uh, number of movies for next year. I officially now need to watch nine movies per month in order to beat last year's number. Man, that just seems like... Well, I, you think we about do it, between though, four and five you, a month right. for the pod, so I only got to do four to five additional a month. Right. That's a good way to put it. That just sounds like a lot, but when you really think about it, you know... I probably also, I don't probably get to nine, but on average, I'm probably around six or seven, I'd say, just with Well, lately, I've spread my time between lots of different content. Um, In terms of, like, type, it's not just movies. There's been a lot of TV shows Angie and I are watching lately, as well as we've been really, or I specifically have really been getting into board gaming and Mm. video games, you know, so that eats up time quickly. Yeah, have you seen this new, now that Scott's gone, we can kind of do a little video game Shout out. Did you see that new Elden Ring game that's coming out from like Yeah, that's the, the one from George R. R. Martin. It's, yeah, he had a piece in it and that's like from the same makers I think from like the Dark Souls games. 
if I'm yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm hoping they have a difficulty slider because, like, I want to go into that world, but if it's impossibly hard, like, right. to be honest, that doesn't make me want to play your game. From one of my other buddies has been really harping on me that I should get it when it comes out, and he said it's supposed to be a lot, like, I mean, not a lot, but, like, less challenging, like, less impossible. Like, the fighting offers more like freedom i guess you should say like where you can just go in and slash like normally like the dark souls yeah, a little games, bit of spamming and stuff yeah you have to be like full-fledged like engaged and dodging like crazy but it's also supposed to be co-op i think relatively easy so if that's the case i mean it might be kind of fun to hop in with some buddies and just go kill some bosses some and monsters some right? sweet open world so who knows that's supposed to come out in march i think so or February, one of the Knowing two. Knowing if and... George R. R. Martin's involved, you know, March <laughs> of 2025. Yeah, right. He's, he's He hasn't quite found time for it, maybe. Um, um, other yeah, quick ahead. video game news. Adam Bramer, video game correspondent, um, reported that Sony has announced a PSVR 2. He mm. says that the tech seems pretty slick. Um, they haven't seemed to announce many or any games yet, but that will be coming for PlayStation 5 owners. Wow. So there is already VR for like a for base. For the four, yeah. For the four. Hmm. Interesting. I've never dabbled with like any VR yet. I've never owned my own VR. Angie says she gets motion sick from it, but like I'm ready to try it. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be, there's a lot of hilarious content. Like I've watched on YouTube. There's like a funny channel where these guys do a bunch of VR stuff. That's just maybe it's because the guys themselves are just funny in their commentary, but I don't know. It looks interesting. I'm sure it is just going to grow and grow and grow. And eventually, you know, it's going to incorporate a huge market in the gaming industry if it hasn't already. But yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure that'll be expensive and impossible to get like the PS5 still. So Well, and Adam and I were discussing that and we're wondering how many they'll make because I mean, they're not going to get 100% conversion from PlayStation 5 owners to PSVR 2 owners. Right. You know, so whether or not they'll be easier to find... And him and I are predicting a relatively high price point, Perhaps. Up- upwards of $400 possibly was his yeah. guess. Um, so, I mean, price could knock people out of that market, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. It's interesting. I'm, I'm just genuinely curious to see where VR lands ultimately like amongst the gaming ranks because it does seem to be growing in popularity. But again, it's still limited, I think, you know, to the certain... You know, and Microsoft is still staying wholly out of it, too. You know, they haven't done an Xbox VR. Right, right. So that would be probably the next thing to follow if they're trying to... Well, I guess they'll kind of wait and see how popular this is, too. Where It's all a reaction game amongst these companies at the same time. So I guess we'll see. Um, I guess with that, Jim, I'll just kind of let you... I only have one thing, so I'll let you kind of start here. What did you watch this week? Okay, I'm going to rattle these off relatively quick. First of all, like we discussed last week, there was no trivia. We will be going back for what sadly could be the last week of trivia at Tally Ho's this week. <laughs> um, Angie and I also watched the Harry Potter reunion on HBO Max. I guess I would say that it was fine. Gets a 5 out of 10 as like a documentary TV movie thing. Um, there's not a whole lot of new information brought to the table. Um and in reality, there's actually one very large screw-up. They talk a little bit about Emma Watson as a child, who plays Hermione, and they flash up an old photo on the screen. In reality, is a photo from Emma Roberts' um, Instagram. So it's not actually Emma Watson that they show a photo oh, no. of when they're talking about her. Um, 
Again, not too terribly much new information. All of the footage of J.K. Rowling in it is from a 2019 interview with her because she's become increasingly problematic in recent years, so no actual new footage of her. Yeah. Then we watch Dear Evan Hansen. This movie was incredibly bad. Uh, Ben Platt is way too old to play a high school student, in addition to how ridiculous the entire story is. Are you aware of what the story is? That's the one I've seen previous. Is that the one where he, like, wrote a fake, like, letter to himself or something from some kid that passed away or something like um, that? So, that's kind of the gist. His therapist, Evan Hansen's therapist, tells him to write a letter to himself about why it's going to be a good day. This other kid, um, who is having some issues, depression and whatnot, takes a letter, sees it, and keeps it before proceeding to kill himself, and his family finds this letter, Dear Evan Hansen, in his pocket, thinking that his final words were to Dear Evan Hansen. So Evan Hansen plays along with the family and says, like, oh, yeah, we were great friends trying to give him good memories of their son after the fact. Right. And, of course, it all falls apart, and it's just ridiculous. And also, every single person in that movie is a bad person. The kid, the parents who are placing all of the pressure on him to, like, be this best friend of their child that their kid didn't have. Right. Um, And also, obviously, dear... Uh, Evan Hansen did not come clean until way near the end, which is the climax of the film, and it just feels awful. Mm. I never really liked those, because it's always like, it seems like a trope that's well overplayed, like the kid that should have fessed up earlier but didn't, and then feels the consequences later. But I <coughs> it didn't look terrible in the previews, but I'm glad, you know, if, not glad you had to watch a bad movie, but it's something now I don't really feel like I have to check out, but that's... Well, and the music yeah. is really good, right? Like, that's what drew me in and sure. why Angie and I wanted to watch it. Because she listens to musical soundtracks all the time. But this ended up getting a 3 out of 10 if I didn't mention that already. Mm. Last thing is we finished season 1 of West Wing. And, I mean, the ending, I can't imagine having watched that in, like, 99 or 2000 when it came out, was a huge cliffhanger. Oh, man. I won't spoil it for everyone who's going to follow our lead and watch it now, but very suspenseful ending to season one for a show that generally is a little bit slower more methodical not as action-packed yeah crazy i see i gotta take up adam i have to start succession just because everybody says it's amazing and i'm glad i like serious drama shows kind of the west wing's kind of serious isn't it or is there comedy incredibly serious yeah okay i mean some of the characters are funny characters but it's not it's in no way a comedy right okay I don't want to get it mixed up with, like, a show like Veep or something that's, like, a... Also HBO, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, after watching this, I'm like, I would totally watch a comedy about this as well. Right, and that's with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, so I I usually like anything she's in, so that'd be... That's something I'd still probably like to check out. But, yeah, tons of good shows to watch that I just don't have time for. It's just ridiculous. Um, (laughs) Awesome. Well... I watched one movie, and I guess I should say, too, that I'm on episode 7 now of the second season of The Witcher. So I'm almost done. I believe there's just 7 and 8 left. You finished it, right? We talked about that last week. Yeah, season 2 of The Witcher. It's okay. Yeah, I don't know if I like it as much. I mean, I got two huge episodes left, I'm sure. You got the best episodes left. Yeah, um, because the one I just watched, we can talk about it now. Spoiler alert for anybody listening. But the one I just watched is where... Siri and Yennefer went through the portal that Siri like conjured up when they were like getting. Yeah, attacked. because Yennefer's like trying to abduct her to sacrifice her to 
whoever to get her magic back. Right, right. And I just, yeah, I mean, don't say anything. Obviously, I'm sure it'll work itself out. But I just, yeah, it just seems like too easy. Like, there's no way that Yennefer's just going to be, like, handing her over. But we'll see. We'll see what happens in these next two episodes. Um, So, yeah, like you said, I don't think it's quite as good as the first season. But I guess I don't want to give my official score until after I finish these last two. Um, And then I finally watched the movie A River Runs Through It. Um, it stars a young Brad Pitt. And let me just pull up the IMDb here because this is like a movie I've heard the name of like a thousand times, like a river. Yeah, runs and I haven't seen it. that movie in years. Isn't it terribly depressing? It's pretty sad. Like I, it was not a bad movie by any means. Um, but just for like story and like context, I, I just didn't really, and you know overly enjoy it i gave it a six out of ten not that it's like i said it's brad pitt's good um it's the story of two sons of a stern minister one reserved and one rebellious grow up in rural 1920s montana devoted to fly fishing which there is a lot of fly fishing so i like to fish so that's kind of cool um but it stars craig sheffer as norman and paul as brad pitt so they're the two brothers um yeah, but it is kind of depressing. They it's basically just a coming of age story in a way where they grow, go all their separate ways to college. One stayed home, which was Paul Brad Pitt, and the other Norman went to like the East Coast and came back. Probably comes they, back a changed kid, I assume. Right, a little bit. He's much more like he's the reserved one, like not out, not super outgoing, mm-hmm. but you know. And Paul's like everybody loves Paul, but he's got a gambling issue now, and it turns out you know. Towards the end of the movie, they hang out all summer, do some fishing, and he ends up, but Paul ends up with the wrong people one night and ends up getting killed over some, like, gambling debts, and that's just kind of how the movie ends, so it's it's okay. Um, like I said, a 6 out of 10. Definitely worth the watch at some point. It was on Netflix, so it's pretty easy to get a hang of pretty if you accessible. haven't seen it before. Yeah, so pretty decent, but I'm glad I watched it because it's like... Like I said, a river runs through it is like a movie I've just heard of like a thousand times. Yeah, everyone and... talks about it, that's for sure. Right. Um, before we end what we're watching, there was one thing I had forgot to put on the outline and now feel ne- I need to bring up. I watched the first episode of Book of Boba Fett. Did you watch it? Fuck, I have not yet. Shit. It's very good. I you really liked enjoyed it. it. Yeah. Okay. Like, as far as premieres go, it was very strong, in my opinion. All right. I, that's not necessarily the entire consensus online, but you know how Star Wars fans are. Yeah, because I looked at some reviews and I was like, oh, it got like a, you know, IMDb's first rating of the episode. It's like a mid sevens out of 10, which is a fine score from a user review. But then like I was just browsing, I don't know, Facebook or somewhere. I saw headlines and like one writer, granted this is like a critic review, but they wrote like an epic failure, <laughs> like first episode. And I'm like, Jesus, I didn't think it would, I heard it wasn't that bad. It's but. also got the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of any Disney Plus show. Really? Wow. Oh. After oh. a single episode, I'm not sure that I feel like that's fair right. to assess yet, but. I like to make my own decision, so I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> but on to bigger and better news than what we're watching jim what is on the hype horn today okay george r R. martin has done an interview where he praises the new hbo show house of the dragon as powerful and dark i saw that too i mean i 
I'm not sure how much credit I give him anymore, but it sounds I mean, like he didn't want them to screw up the end of Game of Thrones like they did. Right. And I know, I just, I don't know if how much he had a role in this. I'm sure he did at some point because he owns the book series. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's just trying to sell, sell quote unquote tickets. I mean, not really. Makes himself some more show, royalties. But, but right. Yeah. I mean, it gives me some hope. I mean, I always, Powerful and Dark are two very good descriptions of, of HBO TV shows that yeah, I what we'd kind of like out of it, you know, gravitate towards. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'll give it a shot. I mean, people say how pissed off they were, but let's all be real. Nobody's as mad as me, probably and Jim, <laughs> as season eight. But as Game of Thrones fans, speaking to all you other Game of Thrones fans, don't lie to yourself. You're going to watch this, or at least the first episode. So let's we just owe it hope. to ourselves to try. Let's hope it's good. <laughs> okay, next piece of hype, and this is probably the biggest one. Um, Sony is apparently working on a Black Cat movie and Spider Gwen movie, uh, starring Emma Stone and Anya Taylor Joy. Emma Stone likely being Spider Gwen is my assumption. This so, was high on the rumor uh, sniff test for sure. Because if I would definitely check something like this out. Do we know? Would you? Would they go the live action route? Or that would think, be my assumption. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, just, I feel like getting Emma Stone for it would just be overkill, probably in terms of cost. Right. I don't know. It that's interesting because you know she. I wonder, like, if everything going forward now is going to have ties to this multiverse, like every Spider-Man movie we see from here on out. But who knows? I saw a hilarious meme the other day, Jim, of emo Spider-Man, emo Tobey Maguire, just, like, looking at Robert Downey Jr. And it just said, I'm the first film in the MCU now because (laughs) technically that Spider-Man came out way before Iron Man ever did. And now that they've brought him in, I mean, maybe it is technically the first MCU movie. So that's great. Um, Yeah, no, that's big news. Emma Stone and Anya Taylor-Joy are definitely favorites of the pod here. Yeah, again, this is basically an internet rumor at this point. So, I mean, I'm not sure how much we can read into it, but sometimes these things come true. We got live action Spider-Verse, you know? That's right. That's uh, that's what hype's all about, Jim. Absolutely. That's what it is. Um, James Gunn got tweeted at asking for a one-word description of the new Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer that we would get in 2022, and his response was, and I quote, non-existent. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Sounds like we're not getting a trailer this year. Ugh. And it's when's that supposed to be coming out, the next one? Now you're asking the hard questions. Oh, shit. My bad. Well, they they held out for that Spider-Man trailer for a long time, um, and obviously it broke records when it came out, but I'm not saying Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be nearly as big as... May 23 of 2023. Okay, so it's still over a year, a year and a year half and away. Half, right. I suppose they got Assuming time. they don't push it back. Yeah, exactly. Which brings us to our next piece of hype in the MCU. Morbius has been delayed to April from January. So immediately after we announced all the January movies last week, it's been pushed into April. So update your calendars. This is apparently the seventh delay for this movie. And the MCU is claiming that they're doing it so that they don't step on Spider-Man No Way Home ticket sales. Yeah. It's just, that just almost spells never, never good news when a movie's delayed that much. Well, they've pushed it out of the January-February drought. So, I mean, by default, it's got to be a good movie. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I I always thought it looked really interesting. So I mean, it's not that because it was delayed, I'm just going to give up on it. But it just sucks that we have to wait that much longer. I think no, absolutely, especially because hopefully this will be on Disney Plus relatively shortly after it's out. True, that'd be nice because then you don't have to shell out for what could be a questionable movie at the theater. Exactly. Last piece of hype: there is a new Beavis and Butthead movie coming to Paramount Plus in 2022. Oh, I wish Scott was here. We are huge fans of Beavis and Butthead Do America, the, the like <laughs> the first movie. I'm assuming that they're referring to. Um, that is just an all time classic. I uh, yeah, just a stupid, stupid show made by Mike Judge, but it's fucking hilarious. So I would definitely check out a new movie if they were coming out with one. I'm hoping lots more headlines like this from Paramount Plus this year because the reason. Angie and I signed up for it last year is because they had claimed that in 2022 there was going to be a brand new movie per week. Oh, that was um, like original big movie pitch. coming to Paramount Plus. That's what sold us on it. Hmm. Interesting. And yeah, because I, mean, I haven't they, seen anything yet. They seem to be like, you know, shaping up to be the why well, other than maybe like Disney, but like as far as like original content, maybe I don't know. They're anyone. Everyone's just trying to challenge Netflix at this point. So, but. That's the kind of stuff you got to do to compete, I guess. Is Netflix is like your network normal channel at this point in terms of streaming services. Yeah. It's part of your basic plan that no one's ever truly going to get rid of. Right. Even just, though it's not nearly as good as it used to be. No, and like just the sheer volume of original shows and movies that they have on there now. It's like you could almost never watch all of it, <laughs> you know. It, it is like its own channel, like you said. It's it's pretty incredible. I'd love to see the number for number of hours of total content they've produced at this point. I'm sure it's out there, and I'm sure it's obscene. Yeah, it's got to be crazy. At well, this point, do we want to review a movie? I guess so. A fucking odd one at that. But for the 69th pod, nice. <laughs> Jim, what is the IMDb for the movie Pig? Okay, so Pig is rated R. It clocks in at exactly 92 minutes. Uh, a truffle hunter who lives alone in the or- Oregonian, the Oregon wilderness, must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. This is currently available to stream on Hulu. If you like Nick Cage in a actually serious role, this is for you. Yeah, he was. I shouldn't say surprising because, like, a lot, I mean, most of the movies that he's that we've you know come to love him and he's he's kind of supposed to play a ridiculous character so this called for a little more serious acting out of him and i thought he was great i thought he was fine um they did win some random awards no oscar nominations i don't believe so i mean got some interest from people definitely an independent movie you know uh, no big studio i don't believe here right have you ever had truffles jim i mean like lint truffles but not the mushroom kind. Right. Like I've had like chocolate, you know, like truffle stuff before, but these, these are supposed to be like fucking black gold essentially in like the cooking world. I've never had. Yeah. Them. Everyone wants them. And I'm, I mean, I guess I've had like truffle fries and stuff like that before, but I mean, to be frank, I could not tell you what, that they tasted wildly different from fries. Right. It just seems like a bizarre thing and it's like i kind of had to do a deep dive on like how this like people use pigs and dogs essentially to find them 
pigs can be a problem because they tend to once they find them eat them too fast so you kind of got to watch out for them but it's a, it's a truly interesting like whole market that requires much more like research into but it's it's quite interesting i watched like a whole youtube video about it one day white was... truffles can cost up to four thousand dollars a pound and black truffles can be up to 300 to 800 dollars a pound that's insane i mean they're small like i mean golf ball ish sized so i mean it's a lot of them would end up you'd need a lot in order to add up to a pound even in the first place right just crazy crazy like something like that just exists and people discovered it was amazing to eat and they're very hard to find i just don't know how it's like the whole story what idiot ate the first mushroom and decided this one's okay to eat this one's gonna fucking kill you this (laughs) one gets you stoned out of your mind right exactly it's like trial and error you know just the we can we can thank our thank and blame our ancestors at the same time i guess um yep yeah but this movie uh very weird um basically just starts out with nick cage and his pig finding truffles in the woods um and i think at like the 12 minute mark his house gets broken into and his pig is stolen and that kind of like sets us on this just bizarre journey into portland (laughs) like yeah it's at this point or shortly before the morning that the pig gets stolen alex wolf who whose name is amir shows up to purchase truffles from uh rob he calls him which is nick cage's character um he does not give him money he simply provides him like a cooler with like condensed milk and other supplies because uh rob lives in a shack out in the wilderness with his pig right clearly on the edge of society at best yeah seems to like have abandoned like all material goods at this point um which we'll learn kind of why he had this sort of I guess you can call it a breakdown. Um, but yeah, his pig goes missing, so he calls um, Amir to come pick him up, basically, once his truck kind of shits out on him, and take him into the city to where he... This is the scene I just want to kind of get to. So they're kind of like asking around, you know, he has like some contacts that he used to know, and we don't really know how he knows these people yet. We will learn who he was at one point um but like one of the first place they go to they go to like this it looks like like a shanty town almost and there's like a guy that's like running shit at a table and he yeah edgar right yes and they start talking about like how his name isn't worth enough or something long story short they end up in this like underground fight club-esque looking place to where he it almost looks like you just put your name on a board and you people pay to just to punch you in the face shit out of you yeah <laughs> this is like the scene i was alluding to when we were talking earlier pre-pod where i was like did i miss like something is there like a certain significance as to like who the people are that are getting punched like are they old famous people because when he puts his name on there it draws like a huge crowd because yeah, we find wants out, to pay to beat him up. His name is Robin Feld. We finally get his full name. Right. Which I guess we'll just say it here. He he was like the best cook or chef in Portland, I guess, at one point, and everybody seemed to like like him. But yeah, other than it, the people that wanted to beat him up. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like I didn't. It got kind of quiet. I didn't understand. Like, do these guys get paid then once they get punched in the face? I just I don't know. It was very odd. <laughs> this 
this whole scene. To note as well, um, this entire time Amir is with him, taking him around to these places. What did they get from Edgar after he gets beat up? Did they get money or did they get information? I can't even remember. Right. He asks him, where's my pig? Which he says like a thousand times in this movie. And Edgar just like seems to almost like reluctantly just hand him like a note. Almost it looked like just like a little piece of paper. So you just spent a minute getting your ass beat for just like some information, I guess. This guy just knows wherever this underground pig trading is going on. I have no <laughs> idea. It That's where I just felt a little like lost almost. I might have missed something. I could go back and watch it and maybe catch like how this guy would know or what this place is. But that scene just right away kind of I was just like super confused <laughs> on to like what the purpose like what the purpose of this, you know, place was. Right. At know. that point, then Amir takes him back to his apartment in Portland, fancy apartment Amir drives a Camaro the whole movie. He's clearly making a huge amount of money off of Robin's truffles that he's finding and providing. Um, and Amir makes him breakfast the next morning as Robin is sitting there basically bleeding because he's had his face beat to hell. Yes. And just goes on to say, like, I'm not a very good cook. You see a quick shot of him trying to wave smoke away from a smoke detector. Um which I guess I'm not sure how much of an impact this has on Robin because he's obviously what we understand later on is beyond an accomplished cook. Right. Um, and Amir reveals that his parents did not get along when he was a kid. However, one time they went out to an amazing dinner at a restaurant and both of his parents came back and they were in such a great mood after that. His story goes on and eventually his mom apparently attempted to kill herself. Yeah, bad, sad stuff. Um, fun note, Amir is the same kid from Hereditary, so I quite like this actor. I think he's, I, I think, think he's, he's great. pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like sad, sad story. But it turns out that it was at uh, Robin's restaurant, I believe, that this took place where that the it was like good the only, meal happened when yeah they were the, both in a good mood the only time his parents he can remember were happy so that's like i think the scene is basically just set to show that they're like their friendship is like growing more than just like business partners at this point um and business partners would be really overstating i think their I relationship guess, yeah. because uh amir is constantly belittling and being mean to robin under his breath you know just being a total dick because all he wants is the truffles and to get the fuck out of there right right so from here you know we're just kind of along for the ride um robin eventually finds out they go to this fancy restaurant that supposedly is hard to get but amir's father knows the guy so he pulls some strings and they go in there and robin knows the chef he used to work for him at his old restaurant um and this scene is just insane. Like, Nick Cage just completely, like, melts this guy's mind, I guess you could say. He, like, basically yeah, tells he him... Yeah, he really yeah. deconstructs why this guy ended up doing this fancy food, you know, in a really upscale restaurant. Whereas when he was, uh, not a student, but a, a chef for Robin, about how right. he wanted to open a British pub and serve just, like, British food out of it. Right. And why like he that, never ended up doing that. That was his dream. And Robin was basically just belittling him for not like following that and kind of just like 
going with the flow and like giving the people what they want when in reality like robin says no one even knows who the fuck you are <laughs> like basically yeah he he tears down the entire like fancy restaurant industry to saying like these people don't actually recognize you as a chef they just recognize decent food and you're not actually doing anything new or interesting in this field which right. robin almost seems to take as an insult to himself yeah seeing, seeing as he went through having a fancy restaurant proceeded to leave portland to go just farm not farm but find truffles in the woods right so here they kind of you know break this guy down he eventually you know they have like a nice little shake of the glass of wine to each other and he asks him where his pig is the guy lets him know um sort of off screen but we find out that it's amir's dad that had kind of orchestrated the stealing of the pig i guess um to which Amir knew nothing about, but is very distraught and doesn't really want to go bother his father because he's quite afraid of him at this point. I think you can tell because he's a very powerful man, I guess. I think the answer is that uh, his father also sells truffles or is in the restaurant business and sells truffles to Chef Finley's restaurant that they're currently in. That's why he was so bent out of shape about even going to that restaurant. Right. Yeah, so... It sounds like Amir's father wants this pig that must have grew some sort of reputation for finding good truffles or a lot of them. Um, so Robin, Nick Cage, makes his way to Amir's father's house, um, begins to ask him you know, where his pig is. The guy seems to just kind of blow him off and is offering to just like pay him off essentially like if you leave right now there'll be twenty five thousand dollars back at your house if you just leave me alone doesn't he go all the way up to two million eventually i think he yeah he said like 25 million whether or not that was kind of just like a figure of speech you know yeah like get the fuck out of my house i'm not giving you your pig right so not much i think happens at this point he kind of just leaves distraught you know upset that the guy kind of won't fold um, then Rob and Amir go shopping. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, Rob visits another one of his former cooks. She owns the bakery now. They which used I, to apparently be his restaurant. That's what it sounded like, yep. And she she like gives him a hug. He takes a, like a loaf of her bread, her special salted baguette or something. And Amir picks up a couple other supplies, to which we find out they're going to cook the same dinner that amir's father and mom had when they were happy to try to coerce the dad i'm sure to help them out um this is a pretty powerful scene i'd say um yeah they make the dad come out of his study because he doesn't want to come out and eat after amir comes to tell him that they've made him dinner right um i'm not sure what finally motivated him to go other than i think robin i think didn't he go finally say like hey we've cooked for you come eat yeah something like that uh it looked good it was like quail or something and like a side of potatoes and some really old good wine that robin had stashed away with the in his wife's crypt i believe cemetery lady yeah quite quite weird she just held on to it for like 10 years um i guess we should say robin left the industry after his wife died because i think he was very sad i believe that's what started like his whole the impetus for recluse lifestyle um but the dad kind of has a meltdown once he tastes the wine and tastes the food because it probably brings back the memory of his wife who's 
in a hospital on like life support at this point. I think she yeah, she's attempted. in a vegetative state, it believes, on a ventilator. So while she's not dead, she did try to kill herself and got almost there, it seems. Right. So the dad breaks down, goes in the other room, starts drinking some hard whiskey, trying to like melt the pain away. Robin goes in after him to like talk to him. And he tells him to get the fuck out, but he just wants to know where his pig is yet. And the guy eventually cracks and said, due to all of the carrying and between the robbery, by the time it got to him, she was pretty beaten down or had died. Yeah, the (laughs) two drug addicts that took her were too rough on her um, and that the pig had died. It's just like dropped on you like a ton of bricks because he had no, he didn't allude to it at all in the first meeting that she had died already. Like, and then now that they've completely met for this dinner and kind of set up the meeting, he just drops on him that he's dead, that she's dead. Is he trying to tear Robin down the way Robin tear, tore him down with I, the food? Right. I can't tell if he's just being a complete asshole or he actually feels guilty now. You know, it's, it's kind of tough to tell, but. We just see Robin completely melt down, crying in the middle of the room. Um, Amir feels pretty sad. You can see him shed a tear. Those two eventually leave um, and go back to the diet, like this old diner. That's near near, uh, Robin's camp. Near the woods, yep. And they kind of just agree to move on. Robin basically says, you know, he'll continue to find truffles because it's really by the trees you tell not the pig but he just he really just enjoyed the company of his pig so he was so sad um yeah and he says he'll see him on thursday for the next pickup and that's you know pretty much it we just get him going back to his camp and laying down and listening to a tape that his wife had recorded for him yeah singing him a song um one thing i do want to reference about this last meal they have at the diner together um, first of all, they order two brownies because the place doesn't have pie, but what diner doesn't have fucking pie? Right. <laughs> um, and Rob Robin discusses how if he hadn't gone looking for the pig, he would have never known that she was dead, and he's very upset about all this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's as close to a pet or maybe child that he kind of had because we don't know whether or not he has legitimate children. Um, right. And... Amir then says, you know, well, even if you hadn't gone looking for her, she still would be dead. Does that change anything? And he, Robin then says, no, you know, doesn't actually change anything. So it's a weird, interesting take on, like, if you go looking for something, you may find bad news. But if you don't go looking at all, you you just won't know. But is that actually better? And the movie's response is, no, that's not actually better. Right. I mean, it's an interesting lesson. It brings up the question, like, would you rather not know and perhaps still have hope? That maybe, in this maybe case, the, the, pig, pig, is, the pig is still out there and you may eventually see it again. Or, yeah, go looking for the truth and just be hit with a hard case of reality, you know, and just be heartbroken. But you'll just, I think it changes with the situation. But that's basically the moral of the story. And I, I don't know. It. I personally it was, like the finality of knowing, even if it's yeah, bad news. Right. And I think they pulled that off pretty well. It just seems like... I don't know, like where does he go from here? I don't. It just seems like he's just gonna continue to look for truffles. <laughs> seems by like himself. he just wants to get back to his life as much as he can, just pigless. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a quite sad movie, but it is it is very interesting. One that I 
would have never thought I would ever see, but I'm kind of glad I did at the same time. I rented it on Amazon for like $2 because I don't have Hulu currently, but that oh, is another man. option for anyone that wants to see it. But uh, I guess, yeah, and it kind of ends. Um, Jim, I'm curious, what what did you think overall? I came out of this movie surprisingly high. I, I did enjoy it. It's a really slow burn I think Nick Cage may do, maybe does some of the best acting of his career. I really like the very um, subtle undertones about love and loss that are kind of throughout it, and how, and as well as a relationship with a parent, which is a strange kind of side story between Amir and his father. Right. Um, I ended up giving this an eight out of ten. I really, really enjoyed it. Really, kind of want to watch it again. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I. Th- thought when i finished it was i need to watch it again and not it's odd because it's an hour and a half it is a slow burn and it's not like because it's slow it feels long yeah apologies for us maybe being a little more somber but it is there's not like at one point any levity in this movie it's very like serious and like you know depressing almost in a way but it it like hooks you in. It's like captivating. Like the 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 lessons and stuff. You know, like you said between parental and son and love and loss. Like it's all stuff that you can relate to probably a lot. Uh, definitely something I want to check out again because I'm sure there's a plenty of stuff and dialogue that I missed that may help you know alleviate or I'll let you understand the story that much more. Um, so I I gave it a seven. Again, much better than I thought this movie was going to be. The title Pig and Nick Cage. Like, um, kudos to him. I it was it was a great performance, and I I would definitely be down to see more stuff like this from him in the future. I, I, would I thought be it was too. very good. Yeah. Before we close out the review, one piece of trivia: apparently, they only had three days to train the pig because the movie was so low budget, um, and Nick Cage repeatedly got bit by the pig. And he joked at one point, I've been set on fire, I've been flipped in cars, but it'll be sepsis from a pig bite that kills me. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> there you go, Nick Cage getting... Who says he doesn't do his own stunts? Getting bit by <laughs> pigs on set, man, that's that's dangerous. That's Tom rough Cruise, stuff. Yeah, Tom Cruise ain't got shit on him, that's for <laughs> sure. But, with that being said, that kind of wraps up our 69th episode Um I believe next week we decided we are going to be doing No Country for Old Men. We did determine that. Currently streaming on HBO. I've never seen it before, so I'm very excited. Fuck. It's it's one of my favorite Coen Brother movies. Not that most of the movies they make are great anyway, but that is definitely probably in the top three. Spoiler alert. Um, An amazing film. You guys will want to stick around for that. Hopefully Scott will be here for the 70th episode. Because Um, I believe he said he's never seen it before either. I believe you're right. So I'm going to be the only one, and I've seen it quite a few times. It's an incredible performance by Anton, or uh, I almost called him by his movie name. Um, he plays Anton Sugar, uh, but I cannot think of his name. Javier Bardem, one of the greatest villains, I would say, in any movie of all time, to be honest. Hopefully you guys will see that when you watch it. But it's a great film. You guys will want to listen to that. Uh, with that being said, Jim, where can you reach us? As always, you can follow us on Twitter at we've underscore seen underscore that, 
like us on Facebook or email us at seenthatpodcast at gmail.com. That's S-C-E-N-E, that podcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you all again for listening to the 69th episode of the We've Seen That Podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. And roll credits.